0: There's a war going on in this country right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to treat it. As such, we are at an internal war in this country. Stand by. The doors of the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in. So sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of The Ledger Report. One anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. I'd like to redirect your attention to antitrust law rather than fringe conspiracy theories. Uh, Mr. Bezos... Our investigation... Mr. Chairman, um, we have the others. email. There is no... France. Excuse It's not your time. Mr. Jordan, you, you do not have the time. Be, please but, be respectful of your colleague. Someone directly, controls directly controls the time. Directly put your mask on. Mis- put, put your mask on. Mr. Jordan, Mr. Jordan. Mr. Raskin. Mr. Jordan. I want to you talk do, about masks? Mr. Jordan. Mr. Scanlon. Why would the Deputy Secretary of Treasury unmask Mr. Michael Flynn's Mr. name, Scarlan, Mr. Raskin? And what I want to know Scanlan is when someone comes after my motives for asking questions, I get a chance to respond. The gentlelady is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Bezos, our investigation uncovered documents that should... Thank you, Mr. Chairman. That's Congresswoman Gay. Hey, I didn't give her her name. It's Congress... Unless I'm wrong, that's Congresswoman Gay saying, thank you, Mr. Chairman, for shutting up Jim Jordan. And Jim Jordan is a patriot. And Jim Jordan is trying to point out the fact that Google, Facebook, and Twitter are... Part of the lieutenants, uh, they're probably more like field generals in the war against this republic, the war that we are amidst right now during this election cycle with fewer than 100 days to go until the most important election of our lifetime. And we said that in 2016, didn't we? And we probably said it in 2012. And we said it in 2008 when, when Barack Obama emerged upon the scene, when a lot of people never would have comprehended a person like that, not the color of his skin, not because he's half black and half white, but a person emerged on the landscape who is espousing all things antithetical to what the United States Constitution and the Declaration of Independence stand for. And so that's when the war really ratcheted up in this country. It wasn't the beginning of the war by any means. The left has been at war with the United States Constitution and our freedoms for more than 100 years since Woodrow Wilson did his thing. And then FDR uh, built upon the foundation of Woodrow Wilson. And uh, and then, of course, Lyndon Johnson built upon that. And then Barack um, Hussein... That's his middle name. Again, I didn't make it up. Barack Hussein Obama. By the way, I got in trouble for using that term at a private company that I was consulting for at one point. When Barack Obama began running for president in 2007, 2008, I had the audacity to use his middle name. Barack Hussein Obama. Hey, that's his middle name. Well, they can't have that. You can't mention. His middle name because Hussein has ties to terrorists in the Middle East. Yeah, remember Uh, a a guy in Iraq uh, whose uh, name included Hussein? Yeah. No, we can't have that. We can't have the truth. We can't talk about Barack's middle name. We have to say Barack Obama and we have to call him black and not half black, half white. They used to use the term mulatto. I don't know, is that a bad term now? I don't know. But the bottom line is Barack Obama amplified, personified, and brought to the White House this radical attack on liberty, this radical attack on the founding documents, this radical attack on what it means to be an American. And so this is where the war ratcheted up, and now with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden and all these radicals in Congress, aach and Elon Omar and Rashida Tlaib now they're building upon this foundation. It's it's like a ladder or steps if you will. And they started down here this this bottom rung of Woodrow Wilson and and then they went up another couple of rungs with FDR and then Lyndon Johnson. There was a war in between there that kind of disrupted uh what the left was trying to do. And then uh, Barack Obama, they keep building and now they hope to to build upon the ladder even further if for some reason god forbid joe biden sloppy joe happens to get installed into the white house and so our job over the next 100 days is to make sure that that does not happen we got to fight i mean we have a choice it's fight or flight time it's like if you live in california you can fight or you can leave and many many people are choosing to leave well at this moment in time we're going to fight we're going to continue to fight for this republic We're going to continue to fight for the United States Constitution. We're going to continue to fight for the founding principles, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that happen to be enshrined in uh, maybe the third most important document ever written by mankind, and that is the Declaration of Independence. Hello, everyone. Again, I'm Graham Ledger, and this is the Ledger Report. It's a sad day. It's a very sad day, and I'll get to that um, in a moment. But... Breitbart uh, has been silenced by the radical left as part of these field generals. That would be Google, Facebook, and Twitter. And what Jim Jordan was trying to do during that hearing was point out the fact that these entities, yes, they're private companies, but they get special protection on Capitol Hill. You know, they get these special um, indemnifications from litigation. They probably get all kinds of tax breaks that we don't even know about. So the hell with that. That stuff needs to go away. They're private companies. They're skewing their search results. That is, Google is. They admitted it in 2016. There's evidence, multiple pieces of evidence, that when you searched Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, when you searched Donald Trump, I don't know what happened, but the results were skewed. That maybe only negative articles popped up uh, about Donald Trump. And when you typed in Hillary Clinton, only positive articles came up. They skewed the results. And so Jim Jordan is you know, asking the CEO of Google, are you going to do this again? And he gives some wishy-washy answer. And Breitbart and both Breitbart and The Daily Caller are saying that they've seen their traffic which is driven to their site by google drop off precipitously uh, just this month so why is that happening is that just all of a sudden a, a coincidence now a couple plus months from the november election that this traffic to these conservative websites is is dropping off a cliff is is that just simply coincidental that they're they're when you type in uh, whatever topic, uh, suddenly Breitbart and the Daily Caller and I'm sure a whole host of other conservative websites don't come up in the search result. You know, it's very important that you come up in the first 10, probably the first five search results. So if you you Google uh, Facebook and prohibiting content or... or Slanting content or Google search results, Trump, or something like that, Breitbart and the Daily Call are apparently not going to come up because they're being censored. And so Jim Jordan and the other conservatives on this panel are trying to be the canary in the coal mine, the Paul Revere's, saying, hey, this has either got to stop on your end as a private entity or we've got to take away this uh, this little cush situation we have for you in in washington dc i think they take it away no matter what and we have alternatives out there we have duck duck go and i try and remember to use that as much as possible but google let's face it it's it's uh it's a brand you know it's it's like in the old days of frigidaire you know you bought a frigidaire refrigerator now it's lg or, or whatever there are many choices out there but certain brands like ford in the early days of the automobile ford was synonymous with buying an automobile back when these uh horseless carriages first came on the market and so google has become that now 20 years from now i don't know maybe there there won't be maybe it'll be like the automotive industry and you don't think just ford right you think Buick or you think Hyundai or you think uh, Honda or Toyota or whatever when you think of automobile bam multiples probably come into your head not just Ford so maybe 20 years from now when we think of search engine we don't think of Yahoo do we and Yahoo preceded of course Google Uh, I don't know what Yahoo is Yahoo uh, Yahoo's still out there but it, it didn't really do a very good job of defining itself And it's just, it's a mail service, it's a a whatever, it's kind of a also ran. Yahoo had a chance to own the market, but it blew it. So be it as it may, this is the situation where Google owns search engines in this republic and probably around the world. And so they can tailor their searches as they wish because it's a private company in what used to be a, a free market in this country. So we have to remember that. And Jim Jordan is, is trying to point out the fact to anybody who will listen, hey, remember, these results are being skewed. And we're coming up on election, ladies and gentlemen. And so he asked the CEO at one point of Google, hey, can you assure us you're not going to do it again? And the guy says, well, you know, it gives some wishy-washy answer first. Well, we're doing the best we can, and, he, and, and, and Jim Jordan, rightfully so, interrupts. Now, I was taught not to interrupt. It's just the way I was raised, and people have noticed that when I uh, conduct interviews. That, hey, one of the things we like about you is you don't interrupt. Well, it's because I was raised that way. And it doesn't mean that if somebody comes on my program and starts lying or starts spewing radical left talking points, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to interrupt them. I am. I am going to do that because I, I just don't allow that kind of garbage to transpire. But Jim Jordan interrupts the CEO of Google and says, hey, you're not answering the question. <laughs> you know, we're doing the best we can. Come on, that's nonsense. Are you going to skew the results or not? And he's, he, he gives a kind of static but a little bit of a wishy-washy again and we, you know we're gonna we're gonna assure that we're gonna have fair results. Of what the hell is fair, huh? How do you define fair? Who defines fair? And it's like the Democrats on Capitol Hill—they want to have a fair tax structure. What is fair? Who defines fair? Well, they define uh, fair. The breaking news today is what we expected um, during this war, and this is part and parcel to the war. The government response to the Wuhan coronavirus is a component. It's the battle of the bulge as we approach the November election, and we're still fighting this battle of the bulge right now. Um, The economy shrank by a record 33%. So GDP drops 33%. Are we surprised by this? The U.S. economy shrank in the second quarter by the fastest rate since the government began keeping track of gross domestic product after World War II, as lockdowns aimed at curbing the coronavirus pandemic decimated the economy, and anti-police riots tore through American cities. Now, those are completely... This is written by Breitbart, that article. Uh, I would say they're, they're not really connected. They are connected, but they're not connected. The, the rioting is part of the anarchy which is part of trying to upset the tranquility of living in America just before an election and trying to upset people. It's all coordinated, absolutely, but I don't think that that had anything to do with the GDP drop. What did have everything to do with the GDP drop was the government response to the Wuhan coronavirus as led by the blue states, which I have said ad nauseum. If you add up the GDP of the blue states in this country, it's approximately one third of our gross domestic product. And then, of course, you had the red state governors following suit, not quite as severely as the blue state governors, as in Cuomo, as in Newsom, as in Pritzker, as in Whitmer, as in Wolf, as in Murphy, Cooper, and the rest of them. When you shut down one third, of the U.S. economy you are going to cripple it and so the fact that the economy drops 33% the gross domestic product drops 33% when you have these blue state governors issuing these stay-at-home orders and don't go to work orders and scare the living crap out of tens of millions of American orders the fact that the economy is down 33% shouldn't be a surprise. The problem with this drop is that we're not having this V-shaped recovery that you know, myself and Art Laffer and Thomas Landstreet and a lot of smarter people than me have talked about over and over and over again. What's the recovery going to look like? We, we ain't having a V-shaped recovery. I don't even know if we're in a U. Uh, at this moment in time, it looks more like a maybe an L where we've dropped and we kind of flatlined, and these... Let's face it, you know, some of these companies have downsized permanently. They figured out, hey, the the work from home nonsense is temporary. Absolutely. Don't get used to it, people. Okay? Because you're losing the human touch. You're losing the meeting, the Zoom thing. Okay, in an emergency, it's not the same. And our, our fifth graders have taught us that, right? The fifth graders who are in the Zoom classrooms... And they put a picture of themselves up and they go play ball somewhere outside. They just slap a picture up. Yeah, I'm in the meeting. (laughs) And then see you later. (laughs) So the fifth graders taught us that working at home ain't going to work. And uh, the sad news is a lot of these jobs are not going to come back. And and a lot of these companies are are not going to come back. And so the question is, how much? How many? And it, it concerns me. It's what I think about a lot. Uh, and that is this, this recovery. There is going to be a recovery. And it's going to be miraculous. It's going to be on November 4th. When suddenly, um, if Joe Biden's elected president of the United States, um, the, the cries, you heard it uh, in that opening sequence there with Jim Jordan, put on your mask! The mask, shame it. It it, it is now, instead of shut up, it's put on your mask. And this, again, is one of the reasons why I have such a trouble with the mask mandates. Because it is a form of muzzling. It is a form of silencing. It is a form of abridgment of the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. And that sequence there underscored what I've been saying now since March and that is let no man or woman let no person in this country abridge your right to free speech put on a mask is tantamount to shut up and abridging your first amendment rights and so so the economy shrinks at 33% uh it it's it's criminal and it's mind-boggling to me that that we, the people, and and all of our neighbors and uh, folks who live around you and in your state and in this country have allowed this to happen over a virus. We didn't do it with H1N1, did we? Uh, No, well, because we had Barack Hussein Obama in the White House and we had Joe Biden leading the response. And millions and millions of people contracted the h1n1 or as joe biden calls it the n1h1 it's h1n1 um millions of people contracted it but we didn't shut down the economy and a lot of people died i don't think the numbers were as close as to the what is it, about 150,000 americans but 150 we're looking this at, a, at an aggregate number right 150,000 over how many months now? March, April, May, June, July, five months. Um, going on six months. Uh, so 100, I'd say five months, right? So that's 30,000 a month on, on average. I know you can't necessarily look at it that way. But 30,000 a month, and you look at the, um, the, the average seasonal flu where Americans die at a clip of 10, 20, 30,000 a month. No matter how you slice this thing it's a tragedy it's an absolute tragedy that we have allowed our republic to shut down and don't you know our our enemies are watching this china russia they're watching this and they're saying hmm and maybe china sent it here on purpose somebody was asking me this the other day did china deploy the virus on purpose to harm the U.S. economy because Donald Trump's been so tough on them? Possibly. Hey, it's in the realm of possibilities. I don't think we'll ever really know. But our enemies are watching, and they're watching our reaction. And man, we're pathetic. Absolutely. Think about it. Some terrorist over there in the Middle East is saying, that's all it took to bring America to its knees? A virus? Well, let's get to work on one right now, right? Let's Forget about all... Uh, you know, these AK-47s and bullets and bombs and knives and swords. We'll just come up with a virus and we'll set it loose or pretend to set it loose or hold America hostage because we have this vial of virus that we're going to set loose in New York City or in Atlanta or in Miami or in San Francisco or in Chicago, in uh, Dallas or wherever, right? I mean, come on. I would imagine they're not the smartest people in the world but they must have some scientists among their terrorists and uh, they're probably working on it right now so the economy takes a dive and a person in this republic who um, contributed to our great economy has has passed away and This is why it's a sad day in America. Herman Cain died. And he died from the the Wuhan coronavirus. And it is an absolute tragedy. And uh, I remember it was about a month ago when he was diagnosed, my heart sank. Because I've only met uh, Herman Cain, I think, once, maybe twice. Very nice person and very smart person. Um, But he didn't look like the picture of health to me. And then maybe he wasn't quite eating uh, you know, a healthy diet. And, it, and so it concerned me when he was diagnosed with the virus. Because the one thing that we know, and that is if you're not healthy and you're older, Herman Cain, I believe, was 74, um, there is a, a greater chance of succumbing to this virus. And um, we lost him. And Herman Cain, you know, they throw this term around a lot of great American, but uh, damn it, Herman Cain really embodied what it was and what it is to be an American. And he um, his, Don't read the CNN reports on Herman Cain. I I wouldn't even read the Fox News reports on Herman Cain. I do your own digging uh, if you want to learn more about uh, Herman Cain. But it, he, um, he had a heck of a, a life and a heck of a career. Uh, he was a mathematician at the Department of the Navy at one point. Um, then he worked as a business analyst for Coca-Cola. He joined the Pillsbury Company back in 1977 at the age of 34, and he was vice president of corporate systems and services. Um, so he was uh, rising up at, a, at an early age um, in the... Um, food services, I guess we would call that industry. And uh, he didn't stop there. Um, As part of Pillsbury in 1986, uh, Pillsbury appointed Herman Cain to the presidency of the then financially troubled Godfather's Pizza. And of course, the rest is history as um, Herman Cain guided Godfathers to profitability um, and stayed uh, with that organization for many, many years. And of course, It was 2011, I believe it was, uh, for the 2012 uh, presidential cycle that Herman Cain declared his candidacy for president of the United States and the Republican nomination. And, man, it was nice. It was really nice to have Herman Cain out there. I remember listening to him on the campaign trail and saying, yeah, 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 Herman Cain, you're dead on target. Um, and including his uh, his tax plan, he had that nine 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 tax proposal. I don't know if you remember that, but it was he was going to drop the tax rate, I think, to a flat tax of nine percent. He had a corporate tax rate of nine percent, and then he wanted to have a consumption tax of nine percent, a national sales tax, if you will, uh, at nine percent. And uh, what a what a great boost to the economy if he was able to to get that through of course he dropped out you know why he dropped out I I hesitate to even mention this but let me put it this way Herman Cain was forced to drop out and you know what he might have been the nominee and what a great nominee he would have been instead of Mitt Romney huh Herman Cain versus Barack Obama I think he could have tarred he could have crushed him he could have Destroyed him in the debates, especially. Imagine Herman Cain at one podium and Barack Obama at the other podium on the debate stage. Oh, I think it would have been glorious. Um, But he was forced to drop out of the presidential race because, and again, I don't want to be this part of his legacy, but this is how CNN, of course, writes its obituaries. He was forced to drop out because effectively what they did To Clarence Thomas So that's enough That's all I need to say right Some phony garbage crap was dropped about him Probably by the Romney campaign quite frankly Probably had nothing to do with the uh, Barack Obama for re-election campaign It probably came from We know what the Mitt Romney people are like And we know what Mitt Romney is like Who knows where it came from But the bottom line is we lost a great one. We lost a great one today. And uh, Herman Cain, you know, it's, it's hackneyed to say he'll be missed, but for God's sakes, he'll be missed. And when I got the news, I, you know, I reacted like probably a lot of Americans reacted. I, I just stopped and I said a prayer. And I'm sure Donald Trump did the same thing. Here's the president soon i think we're going to have not only the vaccine but the therapeutic which to me is almost and maybe even more important uh, and that's being developed right now we have many many companies really great labs doing it and we have a lot of choices we're already in our third set of trials so that's very advanced and great companies like pfizer johnson and johnson really the best companies so i think we're going to have something very soon before the end of the year but maybe sooner than that. See, this is what uh, bothers me about this uh, race for a vaccine and um, and the fact that hydroxychloroquine is being uh, effectively hammered in the mainstream media, effectively shut out by certain medical circles in this country. Um, Hydroxychloroquine is being poo-pooed by the mainstream media. It's being poo-pooed as dangerous by the Democrat mainstream media cabal. While we have doctors, independent doctors, saying, hey, it works. Hey, I'm taking it. Hey, I'm giving it to my patients and they're surviving. I'm giving them hydroxychloroquine, I'm giving them the z pack, and I'm giving them zinc. It's a very simple combination. All those, two of those, two of those are drugs. Been on the market for many, many years, right? And zinc is zinc. (laughs) Zinc is about as homeopathic as you get. Yet, uh, and here we have the president trying to to do the right thing and trying to save lives. Um, And he's being very optimistic. And this is the way the president should be. He absolutely should be optimistic. But he needs, because this is a war, he needs to bypass the media and speak directly to the American people every night. He needs to come on camera and look straight into the camera and say, hey, This is where we are. Here's the latest on the vaccine. Here's the latest on the treatment. Uh, You know, we want to make it easier for doctors to administer hydroxychloroquine. If there's any element in government that's prohibiting them or impeding them, I'm going to do my best to stop it because we want to save lives. It's not about promoting one drug over another. It's not about politics. It's about saving lives. This is what he needs to do every night. And then invite one governor from a red state and one governor from a blue state to come on and say, hey, Governor DeSantis in Florida, how are things? How can I help? And then invite Pritzker on from Illinois and say, hey, Governor Pritzker, how are things? How can we help? Now, if Pritzker doesn't show, and I'm talking a national platform every night. If Pritzker doesn't show, then I know what I would do. I would do one of two things. I would put a picture of Pritzker on there and I would say, hey, people of Illinois, let me know how I can help. Bypass Pritzker. You're bypassing the media, you're bypassing Pritzker and you're making him look like a fool. And so that's choice number one. You can put a little picture of Pritzker on, say, hey, we invited him on this platform, but he refused to show up. So people, good people of Illinois, you let me know. We'll set up a hotline. Right here, we'll set up an email. What do you need in the land of Lincoln? That's option one. Option two would be to find some politician that would come on. We invited Pritzker on, but here's Mayor Lightfoot instead. Now, (laughs) that's not going to happen. Lightfoot, uh, Lightweight, is going to do whatever Pritzker does. And whatever Pritzker does Lightweight, Lightfoot is going to do. But maybe there is a reasonable Democrat in the land of Lincoln. Uh, in the leadership circle Uh, and and maybe there's a republic certainly there's a republican who can come on I know I've um, I've talked to many good republicans in Illinois, so I know they exist and so that's what I would do different state blue state red state every night and then you can drill down a little bit you could do Blue City Red City Mayors. Hey, what's going on? As much as it would be painful Eric Garcetti, you know, what's going on in L.A.? You lunatic, Marxist socialist, lunatic. But he talks in one of these just, you know, kind of uh, altar boy kind of voices. Yes, yes, we're going to destroy your constitutional rights. We're going to mandate that you wear a mask. We're going to redistribute wealth, and we're going to defund police, and you're going to like it. Thank you. I'm Eric Garcetti. And then you invite a, uh, a, a, a Red City mayor, if they exist. Um, and this is the way the, the president should do it. And he can still do his thing with the mainstream media uh, once in a while, maybe around the helicopter like he did today, where he says, hey, maybe it's a good idea to delay the election. <laughs> you see, the media bites on this. Breaking news! Here's the headline. Mail online, Daily Mail. Breaking news, Donald Trump suggesting delaying the election over claim it would be, quote, fraudulent, unquote, minutes after devastating figures show economy shrank shrink. <laughs> so they're, uh, you know, the mainstream media is uh, uh, all in a tizzy because of this, because this is what the president, why he threw a little a grenade there and they, They all sat there and said, Ooh, look at it explode. And let's write a story about the exploding grenade. And of course, the president's not serious, but he is sounding the alarm bell. He is reminding people that when you have this this crazy mechanism that's in place, which is the vote by mail, that there's a darn good chance we may not have the election results on November 3rd. They're still going to be counting in California, they're still going to be counting in Illinois. They're still going to be counting in New York and in New Jersey and all these other blue states and in Pennsylvania. So we may not have the answer. We may not have the election results. And while we're on uh, the, the corona, real quick, Louis Gomert uh, has been diagnosed with him. And of course, the, the media is out there saying, oh, it's because he didn't wear a mask. Well, how in the hell do you know that Louis Gomert contracted the Wuhan coronavirus because he didn't wear a mask? What evidence do you have of that? How do you know somebody didn't sneeze on Louis Gohmert or cough on Louis Gohmert with, even while he's wearing a mask, and he still contracted the disease? You don't know that media yet. We have them out there writing these stories about Louis Gohmert, who refused to wear a mask, contracted the Wuhan coronavirus because he didn't wear a mask. This is nonsense. This is utter nonsense. Speaking of nonsense, here's Joe Biden. Roll tape. Losing faith in what the president says. Stop the tape. Losing faith in what the president says. Here's a guy, he's, he's reading off a teleprompter. And he can't even read off a teleprompter intelligently. Losing faith in what Donald Trump has to say? How can anybody take this guy seriously? He can't even form a sentence He can't even form a a cogent thought. And he's accusing the President of the United States of, of, of us not taking him seriously? This is not a serious candidate. The Democrats have pushed this guy to the nomination, set up a series of backroom deals. The Bernie Sanders people said, okay, Joe, Bernie Sanders said, I'll drop out, but you've got carry on my radical anti-constitutional agenda and Joe Biden said, oh, okay. <laughs> That's what he did. Roll tape. Think about it. What? The words of a president matter significantly. So this is their nominee. Stop the tape. This is their nominee. The words of of a president matter, pause, significantly. I, I don't think there has been a, a more stark contrast. And I think that you know if we get to the debates, and I pray to God we get to the debates in late September and uh, through October, I think there's three scheduled. Uh, I wish there were 30 um, that Donald Trump is going to be like a kid in a candy store with this guy on stage. And there's absolutely no reason, no reason. Fact checker, taxes, none of this nonsense, social distancing. I believe, if I remember right, that Joe Biden and uh, Bernie Sanders had a social distanced uh, debate uh, during this thing. So there's absolutely no reason for them not to debate. And of course... um, Maybe they can have Anthony Fauci. That's a good idea. Why don't they have Anthony Fauci as the fact checker? Sitting there with his mask on, off, like he was at the baseball game. He could have like a little uh, referee shirt on and then maybe a stethoscope and a mask. And he could uh, be the fact checker. And then he could also uh, maybe do a little cognitive testing while we're at it. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, Mr. Former Vice President, what city are you in? Um, what day is it, Mr. Former Vice President? Uh, I, I just, I just had that. Um, what city were you born in, Mr. Vice President? Uh, <laughs> and they can cut away to Donald Trump, just kind of looking, they're smirking. So Fauci, by the way, Fauci is now saying um, he's floating. There's, it's all there's more breaking news. Floating the idea of not only wearing a mask but wearing eye protection. This is something I've been talking about again since the beginning of this tragedy, since the entire uh, commencement of the Wuhan coronavirus episode back in March, and that is, a virus can be contracted through your eyes, as I think Fauci puts it, through your mucous membranes. Mucus isn't not just your nose, of course, it's uh, you know, ear, nose, and throat, but also your eyes. Your eyes uh, can be a magnet for a virus. And so now, suddenly, brilliant Dr. Fauci says, you may want to think about um, eye protection um, and, and, you know, just continue wearing masks even when the Wuhan coronavirus goes away and we have the regular old flu season. Hey, you know what? You want to wear a mask? Fine. You want to look like a buffoon? Fine. Wear a mask. And speaking of buffoon, there's this ad floating around out there. It's called Virushield, V-I-R-U, Shield. V-I-R-U-Shield. Ghost. Trademark. Just in in case you want to steal that name, Viru Shield Ghost, and Ghost is in capital letters. It's got a little TM next to it, so you can't steal it. Um, not that you would want to. Um, so maybe Dr. Fauci has got some investment in this one. This one is you're going to have to Google this one and look at it for yourself because <laughs> it's a plastic. It's a piece of clear clear plastic that's got like a little nose. So it's kind of shaped like a shovel, a spade shovel, and it kind of it attaches to your nose. It's clear. Now, picture clear about the size of a, of a spade, the, 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 the blade of a spade, and it attaches your nose and goes out like a duck, and it wraps around your cheeks, and it covers your mouth. And so this is the <laughs> I just know, I know what's going to happen here. You know that old footage that you see once in a while when people are making jokes about um, when man was trying to first learn to fly, and you saw all these contraptions, going, and the, you know, the guys with the wings, and going off the buildings and crashing, and then and the, the one that would bounce around, and everybody was trying to figure out it, and so they would loop all this stuff together, and this kind of crazy stuff. They're going to do that to this period in time in American history. Somebody's going to do it. At some point, they're going to say, look at these buffoons. Look at these fools. Look at what they actually thought would mitigate the spread of a virus. A mask? Why would these buffoons think a mask would stop the spread of a virus when there was umpteen pieces of research that said exactly the opposite, that a mask does nothing to mitigate the spread of a virus? Look at these buffoons. Look at them walking around with this N95. We have 5 million N95 masks. Woohoo! We're safe. We're protected. And gloves. Gloves. Gloves will do it. I've seen people wear gloves and they got their gloves on, they're shopping, and then they rub their eye. Well, Dr. Fauci wouldn't approve of that because the gloves, the masks become loaded with germs, right? They may not be touching your fingers, but you may have germs on your mask. And you may have germs on your gloves, and then you touch your eyeballs. Oh, brother! So my ledger register this week: Should President Trump hold nightly fireside chats with America now through November concerning COVID nineteen? This goes to what I was just talking about, and that is sitting down these governors and saying, "Hey, what do you what do you need? I'm here for the next what is it ninety or so days." The president does this. Every night. And I'm talking Saturdays and Sunday. No days off. Our, our country's at stake here. So this is the question, and these are the results. I'll leave the, the question up for another couple of days if you'd like to participate. But the results are overwhelming. 82% say yes, the President of the United States should conduct these fireside chats. And the President has the bully pulpit. Forget about the media. You want to engage the media once in a while when you're going out of the helicopter? That's it. You want to have Kaylee McElhaney go out there and engage the media? Fine. But the president remains presidential, he, be, he remains the leader, and he remains the point person in, quote, getting through the COVID-19 response. And I firmly believe that this is the way to respond. We're at war. And as John Belushi said, did America stop, fold, when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor, yes, you can check me. He said Germans in An Animal House. Did America just fold? Should the president fold just because the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? No, we're at war, and we need to be on a war footing. And for me, that means the president of the United States looks directly to the American people every night and saying, Hey, I'm the leader. How can I help? This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives, Library of Congress. Thank you for listening on Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right.